Arsenal fans, I'm Darren the Delhi Guna and welcome to the Arsenal India podcast. Welcome at long last to another edition of the Arsenal India podcast with me Darren the Delhi Guna. I know I used to do this podcast every week and now it's sort of becoming fortnightly. Sorry about that if you're waiting every week to hear my dulcet tones. But um, sadly, my my time in India is coming to an end. It looks like we're going to be leaving, uh, leaving the country, I don't know, within the next couple of months, end of June it's looking like. So uh, <laughs> I've got to be honest, I've been um, making the most of my time and travelling about seeing as much of this country and the surrounding countries as I can. So I've just had loads of holidays. <laughs> uh, I also want to blame Ayush, Nikhil and Up if they're listening, uh, because uh, we would have had a podcast on Monday, but they didn't even bother replying to me when I asked them if they were coming around. So a uh, few defeats and suddenly they're all losing interest. But I hope you're not. <laughs> uh, now, now, this is... Um, this is always the Arsenal India podcast. It's the end of our third year now, over 100 episodes, and uh, I haven't always been positive. I certainly haven't always been positive. Uh, there's times when I've used to rant at Arsene Wenger and I've ranted at certain players and I get annoyed at the management and I get annoyed at, at certain players. I've been hugely critical at times, but I would say that on balance, and I mean on balance, if you were to take... A hundred Arsenal fans uh, put them in a room. <laughs> God, what a miserable place that would be. <laughs> and if you were in a room with a hundred Arsenal fans and you had to line them all up, being positive at one end and negative at the other, I probably would come in the, in the top ten of positivity. I'm sure I would. I mean, sometimes when I rant and moan, it's just, just to play devil's advocate to... Um, <clears throat> If we're doing well and everyone's oh, isn't this great, then I feel that it's it's sort of my job to to question it. Um, but fundamentally, most Arsenal fans and most of my panelists are negative, so uh, I find myself my my natural want is to be positive, and that's who I am. Now, saying all of that, <laughs> we last podcasted just before the Napoli game, and. Oh dear. <laughs> really? Uh, let's find some positivity in this podcast. <laughs> it's been a disaster. I've listened to a few podcasts over the last few days uh, while I've been getting my thoughts together. And uh, there is a huge amount of negativity going on. And, and rightfully so. We've just been battered. I mean, let's take a little look at our last few weeks um, ignoring the Napoli game ignoring that in the Premier League what we, we lost four out of five but I think we can go deeper than that I mean we lost to Everton but we were battered and we were really lucky to come away with a, a, a 1-0 defeat then we went to Watford I think and we were battered <laughs> bashed up beaten up they only had 10 men and they were the better side and somehow we managed to sneak the three points there. Uh, and then where did we go after that? Wolves? No, uh, Crystal Palace. <laughs> of course, Crystal Palace. Um, you know, uh, I'll talk in some detail about Crystal Palace because I think that's where it really has gone wrong. 
And then we go to Wolves, we get battered and got what we deserved. And then we go to Leicester and we get battered and uh, we got what we deserved. Absolutely nothing. So I think we recorded, let's say, just before the Napoli game. And, and that's really it now, isn't it? Thank God we played well. I thought the manager put out the best team. I think it was the best team I've seen him put out this season. It felt right. Five at the back. Our three best central defenders. Um, and they're easy to pick. You know, Monreal, uh, Koscielny and Socrates have been the best three. There's a natural balance to that with Monreal on the left of a, of a back three. If we're going to play with wing backs... You know, the best two we have available were Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Sia Kalazanak. Those are the best options. And then we managed to get Ramsey in the side. We got Yang and Lacazette in the side. There was a real balance to that side. Now, I'm not going to say that it was the best performance of the season, but I thought that Napoli game showed that uh, it was all about the first goal. And we held them. They didn't have too many chances. We could have, have got the first goal a lot sooner than we did. But once we got the goal, I thought it was a wonderfully professional performance. Um, it, the, the side got weaker as we got injuries. You know, Ramsey went off and that's a huge blow. But let's face facts, he's not going to be here next year. So, so this is where I'm going to get positive today. I think this is where I'm going to get positive because this is a free season for our manager. I don't care that there's a lot of criticism out about him this week. But this is a free season. It's a free hit. We started the, the year after finishing in a distant sixth. And whatever happens this year, that's not going to happen again. We may well finish sixth, but with two games to go, we're right in a, a, a real tough battle with three of our main rivals, Chelsea, Tottenham and Manchester United for those, for those two spots in the Champions League. So... Let's take some positivity. We've got. To, I'm going back to England tomorrow, which is why I'm doing the podcast today. I'm going back to England tomorrow. Um, I try to always get back for the end of the season, and I booked my flights, hoping, just hoping that we would have a, a Europa League tie. And thankfully, on Thursday, we're playing Valencia. That's down to that performance at Napoli. That's down to the two legs against Napoli, where we we really outplayed a very good side. You know, it was a good game of football, but the Premier League. <laughs> Where's it all gone wrong? Why are these players, why haven't these players got the ability to do away from home what they do at home? Is it the way the manager sends them out? Is that the real issue? Is it a mentality thing? I mean, we were battered at Watford. Watford's two miles from the training ground. It's not really an away game, is it? It's not like it's a huge stadium with 60,000 screaming fans. I mean, we won in Napoli, for God's sake. We won in Napoli in a real hostile environment, the other side of, the, of Europe. And yet we can't go to Watford and play with any confidence. For me, the manager has a free hit this year, as I said. This is, this is his season to have a free hit. Whatever happens, we finished a distant six last year and this year... It's his first year in the Premier League. And I think most managers, Jurgen Klopp included, would find that the first few years in the Premier League, unless you're taking over Manchester City with, with the sort of team that they have, is, is a tough, tough process. There isn't an easy game. Maybe this year, Huddersfield, um, they've been the ones that have been very disappointing. Um, 
You know, even Cardiff, even Cardiff now, who look like they're going down, are fighting and scrapping and should have got something against Chelsea the other day. There's not an easy game. The manager will have learnt this. So it's a free hit for him this year. It's a free hit. But he really does need to learn. I thought, I've been very supportive of this manager. I think he's uh, a breath of fresh air into the club. I think uh, he's very tactically astute. Um, but he certainly has made some mistakes this year. And I think the biggest mistake for me in recent weeks was the team that he selected against Crystal Palace at home. I think if we look back at this season and don't qualify for the Champions League, that's the point for me. That was the the biggest, um, I think the biggest game that he's got to learn from. He's a talented manager and he does lots of research. He made Huge mistakes. Now, there's mitigating factors in his team selection for Crystal Palace. The fact that we have played every three days for 21 days. I don't think any other team has had to face that. But we have, we're, and because of Tottenham's fucking stadium, we're ending up playing a lot of our games at the end of the season away from home. So, you know, a couple of mitigating factors there. We're playing every three days and we're playing a lot of games away from home. But to select a team as weak as he did at home against a team of Crystal Palace who have got one of the best away records in the country. I mean, take away the top six. They're right up there in away form. They struggle a bit at home, but away they have a style of playing and a system of playing that works. So to put one side of your defence as Jenkinson who we all love because he's an Arsenal fan, but he's not a high-quality player. He's probably, you know, behind Licksteiner and Bellerin and Ainsley Maitland-Niles as as choice, also fourth choice maybe. And Mustafi, Mustafi, who I've tried to support, I love his attitude, I love the fact that he works so hard, but he's fucking useless. (laughs) He's not fucking useless, that's wrong. At our level... If he was on a Sunday morning pitch, if he was playing on a Sunday morning on the park, he'd be a terrific player. At top end of the Premier League, top end of the Europa League, he's having a fucking nightmare. He really is. So to put Jenkinson and Mustafi against uh, Louis Sahar, who is one of the most... Look at the way he holds the ball and the pace that he's got. That was never going to work. Having a midfield of Genduzi um, alongside El Neni. Now, again, mitigating factors. Big game coming up on uh, um, on the Wednesday night, and Xhaka and Torreira slight issues, so he's saving them. So you add Jenkinson, you add El Neni, you add Genduzi, another great player. Um, And, I mean, throughout that team, it looked so weak. And Palace, you know, with the aid of Mustafi, destroyed us. You know, I mean, really, we even even at two, uh, when we went 3-1 down, my mate Pedro, who's coming around in a minute, actually, for a a beer before we go out for the evening. My mate Pedro is over from from Canada. Um, 
he was texting me watching the game saying, oh no, it's a disaster. And I'm saying, keep the faith because because even with 20 minutes to go, I still felt that there was a chance that we could get back and win the game. That's what Arsenal teams used to do. And when Aubameyang scores a goal to bring it back to 3-2, I'm confident that we'll at least get a point out of it. But we didn't. So then we go away. The problem with playing such a weak side and losing that game relying on our good home form, destroys the next game. I know you have to rest players. and I know to a certain extent you have to uh, rotate your squad. But let's be fair. Torreira's 24. Jack is, what, 25? Ainsley Maitland-Niles about 20, 21. These players can play every three, four days. They're not old. I can understand the need for, for resting Koscielny come back from a serious injury, and yet he's the one he played. He's the one he played three games, four games running. For me, the mistake in that game was to put your strong team out, have the game won in 60 minutes, and then rest your players. Don't put Genduzi and Elneny in the side with the weakness around them. Put a Xhaka, put a Torreira in there, and then if we need to take them off, after 60 minutes, get the game won. Why couldn't Ainsley Maitland-Niles play? He's 20, 21 years old, he's fit. What are you saving him for? It's not like he's a 16-year-old and you've got to protect his body. He's in the prime peak of his football playing life. He's 21, for God's sake, or whatever. I'm guessing he's 21. He's, he's about 20, 21 years old. Play him, play him. Win the game, then rest your players because then it's a snowball effect. Then we go to to where was it next was it we go to Wolves we we you know 70% possession with with no end product we played the ball around with our very our strongest team that we had available no cutting edge they picked us off whenever they wanted to comfortable comfortable victory for us for them sorry 70 I think we had 72% possession and did nothing with it and then we go to Leicester and now we're on the back of two three defeats now we're going to a rejuvenated Leicester side with their new manager, all the players playing for new contracts, all the players wanting to be part of, of uh, his, his, his thoughts for next season, all putting in a shift. And we then did look jaded, demoralised. Now I know we had a player sent off at the weekend, but let's face facts, I think we'd already had eight shots against us by the time he went off. They were battering us with 11 men. It just made it worse with 10. And then, of course, when you're getting battered like that, you need a side of, of captains. You need a side who are strong enough to realise, look, this isn't going well. Defend, defend, play on the break. But we, are, you know, we were just battered. And to let in two late goals, one of them Sunday morning football, just a boot over the top, and to let Vardy get a third now means our goal difference is shot to pieces. It was the one thing we had over Chelsea and Manchester United and now we're back. So, where's the positivity? Well, let's, let's take some things from this season. I mean, the season's not at an end. It is not at an end. I've said many times in this uh, podcast, I think we can finish third or fourth, but we could end up with sixth. It's that tight. It's now out of our hands. Thankfully, the Chelsea United game was a draw which 
with Chelsea having to play play um, Leicester away on the last game of the season, gives me some hope that if we win our last two fixtures, if, if, big, big, if we win our last two fixtures, we can finish above them. The fact that Manchester United didn't win against Chelsea means they're still behind us. So it's not in our hands, but we have a chance. And then we have two legs against Valencia and hopefully a final against either Chelsea or Frankfurt to secure a place in the Champions League. It's not all over. But let's face worst case scenarios. Let's say it is. The manager will learn certain things from the last three or four games. He will learn not to underestimate opposition. He will learn that. He will look back on that and he will know that he made mistakes. He will learn that every time you give the ball to Iwobi or Mkhitaryan away from home, they lose it. Watch that. Go back and watch the 90 minutes of any of our last four away games. Every time you give the ball to Iwobi or Mkhitaryan, it comes straight back. Now, I like Iwobi. He's one of our homegrown players. And when the team's playing well, when the team's flying, especially at home this season, he's been terrific. Really good in places. Since Christmas, there's been a slight decline in his form. And I think the manager's seen that and has played him less, which means that he loses confidence, which means he's not as good. Mkhitaryan has had flashes of brilliance, had one or two really good games. But fundamentally, we know that when we give him the ball, now he's not strong enough mentally to face the Premier League. He's just not. So the manager will learn this. Let's look what could have happened if we'd, look, if we'd have won those three games, 1-0, 2-0, scraped through. You paper over some cracks. Now those cracks are big and deep. Those cracks are big and deep. And we can see what that those cracks are. The manager will learn these things. What are the positives? Leno. Our goalkeeper, Leno. Wow. I mean, I don't always get things right on this podcast. I certainly don't. If you went back and played what I've been saying over the last three years, some of it's absolute rubbish. But I'd like to think that more often than not, I've got a good eye for a player and I like Leno. Let's, let's fundamentally, he's a football playing goalkeeper, which we need in this style of play. And now as his confidence has got better and he's playing week in and week out, he has kept us in games and he has kept the score down in others. There's still room for improvement. There's the odd flapper across. There's, you know, he's come out for a ball at the, um, at the weekend and got nowhere near it. He will learn those things because of his age and because of the Premier League. But if you were to look at his season as a whole, when he makes mistakes, of course they're punished. He's the goalkeeper. He's the one that, that has to stand up to that. But I think over the course of the year, can you think of a better player, a more consistent player in our side this year? What else is positive? Socrates, been a terrific player this year. Um, and with him and Koscielny at the back, with Monreal on the left, we kept seven clean sheets out of eight before this recent run of abomination or the recent return of Mustafi, Mavropanos. 
but there's some players to leave, isn't there? There's a, there's a good idea now of who we need to clear out before the end of the se- at the end of the season. Positives. We still have a chance. We have just lost four out of five games, and we still have a chance of even finishing third. We win our last two games. Spurs, uh, I think they've got one at home. But then they've got, oh, sorry, one away. And then they've got a visit of Everton. Last game of the season. Who knows? Spurs have just lost at home to West Ham United. Love that. Love that. Spurs are going to be playing two games against Ajax. I've had a bet on Ajax. I told you that in the last podcast. I think 16 to 1 um, back in the day. Um, could have got more uh, uh, after the half to uh, half halfway through the uh, the tie against Juventus, but I kept with me sixteen to one. I hope they batter Tottenham. Tottenham, who knows? Get battered at home by Ajax this week. That'd be great. I mean, look, it's easy to say this. Tottenham could win it two three nil, and suddenly Spurs are in the Champions League final. Disaster. Living in India will not be far enough away from England for me. But just imagine, they get beat by Ajax and they need to win their last game of the season. It's a home to Everton, hot and cold Everton. Nothing to lose Everton. Playing for the Everton Cup in seventh Everton. United. United have lost seven out of nine. <laughs> They're worse than us. I said a few weeks ago, again, sometimes I, I, I hope I get things right, but I was amazed and delighted at the appointment of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He seems a really decent guy, a really likeable chap, and you sort of want him to have success, but not a United. No track record. Managed Cardiff City and got them relegated, or was sacked after 15 games. Goes to Manchester United, takes over a demoralised side of good players. Suddenly they've got an easy run of fixtures, they start winning and the confidence is up. Now at the critical end of the season... They're just not very good. They've lost seven out of nine. And now, if we win our last two games, they can't catch us. Chelsea. Bit hot and cold, Chelsea. Put on a little bit of a run recently to get back into it. Can't think of the top of my head, their last fixtures. But uh, I know uh, I know one of them's tough. Oh yeah, I said it earlier, didn't I? Chelsea have got to go to Leicester. Last game of the season. You wouldn't fancy that, would you? Chelsea's away form hasn't been good. Look how good Leicester can be. Last game of the season, full house at Filbert Street, wherever the King Power Stadium. Positives. <laughs> Positives. Uh, have you had enough of listening to my positivity for one week? As I said, I'm heading back to the UK tomorrow. I'll be at Arsenal uh, on Wednesday night. I can't wait. Um, Thursday night, sorry, for the uh, for the Europa League game against Valencia. I just hope the crowd will all get up. You know, it's it's the biggest night we've had at the uh, at the Emirates Stadium. I think. You know, we had a Champions League semi final against Manchester United uh, back in the day, if I remember rightly, and we were one nil down from a Wayne Rooney goal. I think in the in the first leg. And the atmosphere was the best I've ever heard at an Arsenal game, I think. Everyone was up for it. Everyone was in the ground early. Everyone had had a few drinks. The noise was incredible. And then Wayne Rooney scored, I think, after about four minutes. 
and that meant you know we were fucked. We needed to score three, uh, it, it, and they, uh, it, it just just blew the night. But this week, hopefully, be an exciting night. Our home form has been good, so let's hope. And then uh, I'm asked on Sunday, I guess, for our last home game of the season. Brighton looks safe now. Uh, I don't know what I want from them. If they're completely safe, then uh, they could play with some freedom <laughs> and cause us some problems. But generally, they're a defensive side and it'll be back again if we can just manage to nick the first goal uh, and maybe get our goal difference back in front. Could be a really important game Sunday to get our goal difference back. Then there's the second leg in uh, Valencia and a trip away at Burnley. Safe Burnley, never easy to go there. But they're not in the same quality of Wolves, Leicester and Watford and Everton this year. They're in a different bracket. Burnley of old have been very good, very obdurate, a very difficult team to play against. But Burnley this year have been very indifferent. And if we go there at the last game of the season needing to win, let's just hope we can do it. As I said at the very top end of the show, um, my time in India is, is is coming to an end, so I'm not sure what will happen to the Arsenal India podcast. Um, we may continue in another format, but uh, um, it's going to be a few weeks before the next podcast. As I say, I'm going to be back in the UK and I'm going to be away for three weeks. So I think I come back at the end of the season. So I'm sure the guys will get together with me and we can have a review and we can look back on the wonderful success. Oh, we can preview the the champions in the Europa League final. <laughs> Laugh at Tottenham's demise. Celebrate a finish finishing in the top four. <laughs> Is that enough positivity for you? We're all Arsenal fans. Remember, the manager got a free hit this year. None of us expected much. And we're in a battle a battle that we could have put to bed and we haven't. So let's support them for the next two or three games and see what can happen. And then when we look at next season, the biggest worry for me is how far we are away from Manchester United, from Manchester City, sorry, and Liverpool. That's the key issue because I want to watch a team that's challenging for the title. And it's all very well being excited about this top four battle. But let's be fair, all four of those teams are miles away from Liverpool and Manchester City this season. And that's no fun. We used to get laughed at for always finishing fourth and now it's back being a trophy because there's other teams involved. Anyway, I'm going to call it a day there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll be back to you in about three weeks when hopefully we've got some things to celebrate.